so but people often say I should be the voice for black women and in you know and their experiences in maternity but the reason why I keep my voice a general voice is because I love everyone regardless of what color or culture they're from Mm. but also I think all women are in trouble in maternity services it's just that yes of course the the black women they're killing them five times faster but but uh, but I'm I'm worried for all women, and so yeah. that's why I fight for all women. My voice is for all women. I'm Sarah Gustafson. I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Jesse Golden. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson, and you're listening to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Welcome back, podcast land. It's Nathan Riley, MD, OBGYN, the Holistic OBGYN. If you want to find me on Instagram, go to Nathan Riley OBGYN. You'll see lots of stuff that I put out there as an advocate for informed it's not informed decisions is not really what I do. It's an, it inspires people to tune into their intuition as authoritative knowledge. And part of that is taking in the information available. Another part of that is, is telling your story and having your story hold uh, or heard, excuse me. And the other part might be getting recommendations from birth workers. And uh, the reason I brought my guest uh, on today's episode onto the show is because she's doing the same thing. She's doing it in the UK. Kemi Johnson is a very well-known midwife. Um, she's been doing this for quite some time. She's an activist, a birth keeper, a birth nerd. She is a teacher to many. And she has rattled many cages over the past several years, um, especially with what's been happening with the COVID thing. And I know people are probably thinking, can't we just get past the COVID thing? Au contraire. This COVID moment, these past three three years or so, are going to um, will will set precedents for a variety of things to come into the future. I'm not like some sort of oracle. I'm just kind of a a man who looks the world through the lens of common sense. Um, it has nothing to do with conspiracy theory. It is just a doubling down on the stripping away of rights of individuals, specifically birthing women and their partners. And um, and so here we are. Here we are. We're in this new state. And fortunately, we have people like me and Kemi and so many other people that have come on the podcast. James Thorpe, hopefully you heard that episode. Um, Charles Eisenstein's been on the show. He's not a medical scientist, but he's a, certainly a very thoughtful individual. We've had Rick Zafriese. We've had Stu Fishbein. These people are leading the charge towards not a choosing of sides in a binary, but around the human experience and, and autonomy in decision-making. So I'm so happy to have Kemi here in order to do this show, as you guys know. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, Kemi was enamored with the uh, glowing neon uterus that I have behind me in my, my studio. So I sent her one. And uh, you can go to her to her uh, Instagram page to check it out. It's Kemi Birthjoy Johnson, K-E-M-I Birthjoy, J-O-Y Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Um the podcast is brought to you by a number of brands that are fully in alignment with me. Eventually, I would like to say that I just won't have podcast sponsors, but that would also sort of suggest maybe that I'm not 
I'm just just not aligned with any brands. There are certain brands out there. I know what it means to build your own brand. There are certain brands out there that have done the work and they're doing such tremendously um, impactful work that I do want to support them. And likewise, they want to support me because we are just building a bigger pie as opposed to saying, you know, to suggesting that there's only so much pie to go around. So these brands um, that you're going to hear about today are, um, I think, the exception out there. I think that these brands are doing very, very great work. So I'm super happy to support them. And if you appreciate what I'm doing here at the podcast, support these brands. You're not going to regret it. These are brands that I talk about in the Born Free Method. I recommend in my practice. I recommend to my family, friends, uh, my sister. Um, They're brands that I use myself. So let's go through a couple minutes of these. If you've been a part of the Born Free community, or if you've listened to this podcast long enough, in fact, um, one of the most recent episodes, in fact, actually, it was last week, Christiana Rebel, she's a PhD whose whole focus is on um, is on trying to to support the the education of healthcare professionals so that they can educate their clientele in the pregnancy and postpartum space around the importance of exercise. And one of the books that we talked about in that interview last week was Exercising Through Your Pregnancy, a book by James Clapp, MD, and Catherine Cram, who has a master's in science. And what they did is they they did a deep dive on all of the literature. Now, granted, this book was published back in 2012, but exercise, it's not like exercise suddenly became healthy or not healthy since that time. Uh, And unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of chatter around the role of exercise in pregnancy. But what they do in this book is they clarify that virtually everything in your pregnancy that you don't want to have happen can be prevented with exercise, right? The problem is that if you go to the gym and you're just like, hey, trainer, I want to pay you a thousand bucks a month to train me or whatever, a hundred bucks a week to train me. I mean, if trainers are making a thousand bucks a month, that's dope. Um, so you go to your trainer and the trainer's like, uh, sure, yeah. And what they do is they're just going to modify the program that they designed for that 25-year-old dude who just graduated from a, you know, he was a D1 athlete at UCLA or something. And they're going to try to fine-tune it and fit it to your needs, all with good intentions. The problem is most trainers in the world, the world, have no direct experience or training um, specific to the pregnancy and postpartum period. Fortunately, BirthFit has emerged as, I think, the leader in this space. BirthFit provides nervous system um, supported general strength and conditioning. They have a great community of like-minded people. I've done their coaching certification. Yes, I'm a birth fit, uh, leader and, um, and what Lindsay Cantu and her team have put together there is hands down the best thing I've seen, um, in this space. So if you want to check them out, you can find yourself a BirthFit professional. You can join the BirthFit community, their B community, or you can just enroll in one of their programs, which are very affordable, but they're going to make it a little more affordable. Go to birthfit.com, use code BELOVED. You can either get a free month in the B community, or you can um, use it to get 20% off their, um, their postpartum basics program. BirthFit Basics Postpartum, I think is what it's called. Um, love you, BirthFit. You guys are doing an amazing job out there. The um, the next sponsor is uh, Organifi. I've been using Organifi's products for, it's about six years now. And what I've recently started doing is starting to fine tune when I use their various products, which are all non-GMO, all USDA organic, all gluten-free, dairy-free, 
glyphosate-free. They're, they're the, one of the healthiest brands around, which is why in pregnancy, in postpartum, during breastfeeding, preconception, all the way through menopause, I think that their products have a place in your life. I like to work out in the mornings now, I've realized. And if I wake up and I get myself rolling, I'll take a little, a little bit of like a um, like a pre-workout blend, like it has some creatine in it, has some, um, it has some, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, sl- I'm, I'm blanking here, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of caffeine. You know, it's like a nice little blend of nutrients to kind of get me, to get me juiced up. I, I stopped drinking caffeine in the morning, but if I work out, I do give myself this little boost. And then what I do is I'll fill a shaker, like a, one of those shakers with the balls in it, and I'll add a scoop of Organifi's green juice, as well as a, um, a, uh, a a little packet of LMNT. LMNT is also available um, with some nice perks. If you go to um, drinklmnt.com slash beloved, you'll get a free starter pack with your order, by the way. But what I love about this green juice is that it has all these nutrients and it like it it's 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 got like you get like this tiny little stress response from the ashwagandha. You've got a, a whole bunch of antioxidants, energizing antioxidants from moringa, spirulina, chlorella, um, the it's it's sweetened with a little bit of coconut and some red beets you're going to get all your b vitamins from the red beets you get tons of additional minerals from wheatgrass and all these other incredible ingredients um, including turmeric matcha lemon there's a prebiotic powder and i've been working a lot on people's guts lately and these prebiotic powders are are powerful um so the, the sort of adaptogenic blend, which of course is led by ashwagandha, is a great addition to your workouts, especially if you find that you don't have a lot of motivation or you get very, very tired during your workout. Start it off right with some green juice. And for a limited time, Organifi has a special deal for listeners. If you go to Organifi.com beloved and you look at the top left corner of products that I recommend, you'll see their sunrise to sunset kit. Now that's where you get the green juice. Then you get the red juice and the gold. The red juice is loaded with additional berries and beets and whatnot so that you'll have a, a, a nice little boost to your afternoon without the like jitteriness of a, of a cold brew or something. The gold, of course, is great at e- in the evening. And if you buy their Sunrise to Sunset kit, you're going to get one canister each. I believe it's something like, oh, I want to say 30 servings per canister. Yeah, 30 servings per canister. And for the, the limited offer, they're, they're going to throw in um, 30 individual um, serving size packets that are great for traveling of their pure their pure blend is um, really unique in that it'll help actually improve your cognition it'll help improve your mental clarity and your focus so sometimes i'll mix the pure and the red juice in the afternoon when i'm trying to get a lot of work done you're going to uh, save money and you're going to get a freebie with this deal. So go to Organifi.com slash beloved. You'll save 20% and they're going to throw in 30 um, single serve packets of their pure. Thank you, Organifi. Um, Bioptimizers is up next. So I've talked a little bit about the gut and what I'm finding oftentimes. So I've done all of the gut studies, the stool studies, including Genova, including GI360. Genova's um, sort of comprehensive test is called their GI effects. I've done them all. And they all said I was doing, you know, I was doing just fine. You're, you're fine. But I was like, I've got these skin things. I've got some like waking up in the middle of the night once in a while. Some, maybe some, some irregular stools once in a while. Like something's going on in there. And then the GI effects came back and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start taking some digestive enzymes because I'm not breaking down fats and proteins sufficiently. So if you have anything that you might have sort of an intuitive sense is coming from the gut, Consider starting Bioptimizer's Mass Symes. 
if you look on the back of one of these bottles, there are so many um, specific enzymes to help you break down proteins and fats. And this is really critical because most people do better. They will see that their autoimmune issues go away. They'll find that their GI issues go away. Sometimes their periods get back on track if they do a four to six week trial on a carnivore diet, meaning you're eating mostly the bulk of your calories are coming from animal products, maybe 10% from fruits and honeys, maybe some raw dairy if you can tolerate dairy. And, um, and if you're eating that diet, you're going to get the benefit. The problem is you need to be able to break down all of those proteins. And that starts in the stomach with hydrochloric acid. Then it goes into the small part, the small intestine, and you get the pancreas adding a whole bunch of enzymes that are specific for breaking down um, proteins and fats. So the general category of that is proteases to break down protein. And then there's a whole bunch of other enzymes that are also at play in the small intestine, including amylase, which helps break down um, uh, polysaccharides or carbs, and then lipases help to break down the fats. If you can't digest fats and proteins, it'll show up on the stool analysis as not being broken down. If your stools are floating, you've got fatty stools. You need to be adding some of these enzymes. So without even going through a 400 some dollar test with Genova, which I'm happy to do for you, I don't charge any money extra. I just charge you wholesale for the test, or you pay wholesale and I just, I just read it at my consultation fee. Um, Without even doing that expensive testing, without even getting a full clinical history, think to yourself, could I benefit from better digestion of my food? And it, because if you're not ad, not digesting it, again, starting in the stomach, into the intestines, right? Your large, your colon's not for this. It's your small intestine that's where the, where the most of the digestion and absorption takes place. Consider going to bioptimizers, checking out their mass times. I take three to four capsules with big meals, maybe one to two capsules with small meals, and one capsule I take every single night. Um, if you go to bioptimizers.com uh, slash holistic OBGYN, you're going to save 10%. And while you're there picking up your Masszymes, which is the name of that product, pick up some HCL Breakthrough, which again is, if you add it to the Masszymes, you're going to get additional support in digesting your food. And if it's not digested, guys, it doesn't get absorbed. It just comes out in your stool. That's why your, your, your poop is floating or it's loose or it's in pellets, right? Um, start with HCL Breakthrough Masszymes. Let me know how you feel in the morning. Doctor's orders. Go to bioptimizers.com slash and Try those two products alone and uh, you're going to be pretty thrilled. Um, the episode's uh, brought to you by two more companies, guys. Stay with me here. Immune Intel, uh, I'm sorry, uh, WeNatal is, a, is, our next, um, is our next sponsor. Well, I'll tell you about Immune Intel HCC as well. They make the only product that is clinically demonstrated to clear persistent HPV. The owner, Mimi Lindquist, and I are um, currently working on a course called Clear and Free, Your Answer to Persistent HPV. We didn't mean to rhyme it, but damn, does that sound good. This is the next course um, under the Born Free University umbrella, and it is on fire. We're building it right now. But her product is going to be, we're going to chat about it in the, in the course. So, of course, there is, yes, there's this conf conflict of interest. But if I see a product that is clinically demonstrated in multiple trials to help clear this pesky HPV virus, I'm going to support it. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> so if you want to try Immune Intel HCC, go to uh, the medicine without the E at the end, dot com slash products, um, enter code beloved, and you'll save yourself 20%. I'm sorry, 10%. A beloved 10, 10%. Jeez, oh man, what a day. Maybe I should be drinking caffeine in the morning. <laughs> uh, Weenatal's a newcomer here. It's the, the new um, badass prenatal vitamin on the market. Um, they sell vitamins for both men and women. Uh, they have, they've got endorsements from Kelly Levesque, Mark Hyman. Um, they, uh, there's a couple unique aspects of this, right? There's a, a, a variety of really great prenatals out there. Um, 
Some of them have enough choline, some of them don't. Some of them have enough vitamin D, some of them don't. Some of them have iron, some of them don't. Some of them require you to take six to eight pills, some of them require you to take just three to four. Weenatal has kind of the best combination of everything. For just three tablets a day, you're going to be getting a sufficient choline. You're going to get methylfolate, not that junk folic acid. You're going to be getting 4,000 international units of vitamin C. And one of the greatest parts about Weenatal is they send you um, your, your you know, prenatal supplies for both you and your partner. And there's the his and hers. And they come in these glass jars. And then if you subscribe to their sort of replenishment program, every month they'll send you more. But they don't send more glass jars. They're trying to minimize waste because our supplement industry and some of these companies that I've already mentioned are not immune to this are completely going overboard with their packaging. Weenatal wants to start shifting that because as we always say, if we're not caring for the planet and we are inextricably linked with nature, we're going to fall apart as our planet you know, further degrades. So, um, so each subscription starter kit includes a refillable glass jar and a travel vial. And then the month refills are shipped in a convenient pouch made from recycled materials. I think that's just amazing. They use no fillers or binders. They manufacture everything in small batches. So there's a lot of quality control there. Um, and with your purchase, you're going to get a we, the, the we Natal journal because they do like to um, incorporate aspects of your mental, emotional, even spiritual well-being into your vitamin supplementation. So if you want to try this out, go to weenatal.com slash beloved or just use code beloved at checkout. And for any prenatal purchase, you're going to receive a free month of their Omega DHA plus a whole month supply, which is a very, very generous addition. Um, of course, I am never recommending people take prenatal vitamins um, without taking fish oil. Like you've got to get your fish oil in there. And um, DHA or DHA is um, is uh, is a primary component of that. So go to weenatal.com slash beloved to get, take advantage of that offer. And then last but not least, Rosemary Marin is um, she's a really uh, she's very special. She, I don't know if I've ever met anybody quite like her. She has a company called Soul Connections, and she does virtual or in-person one-on-one sessions that support deep transformation and bonding between mother and their unborn babies. She draws on years of clinical training, transpersonal, interpersonal hypnotherapy training, soul integration, and she's a doula. So Rosemary um, is, is potentially the guide you've been looking for in order to connect with the essence of your baby, whether you're pregnant, you're trying to conceive, you've suffered a tremendous loss. Um, Rosemary sees this as really kind of a, a sacred leveling up. Um, if you can connect to the spirits of these babies, um, in pregnancy through birth, or even as a, as a, a young parent, um, from the standpoint of sort of like the specialty areas, I think where her work in pregnancy loss is very so needed. It's so needed right now. Um, you know, we say things like, oh, miscarriages happen. Everybody has miscarriages. It's common and this and that. Well, every person that goes through a miscarriage is, is suffering a tremendous loss. And we just have to presume that. The problem is that whether it's an abortion, a spontaneous um, loss, or even an IUFD where you're actually giving birth to a dead baby later in pregnancy, we don't have a lot of social support systems in place. So fortunately, Soul Connections and Rosemary Marin's work is out there. If you want to visit her website and schedule a, con- a session, I highly recommend it. Her um, website is Rosemary Marin. That's R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y-M-E-R-A-N.com. Check out her work, guys. She's doing some really great things. And when you support these companies, it, it's a little um, affirmation that they're on the right path. So support the sponsors. They help keep the lights on here. Let's get now into my conversation with Kemi Birthjoy Johnson. This woman is 
she will take you on a wild ride. We get into everything related to COVID, advocacy, um, issues within the maternity care system in the UK. Here's a hint. It's not that different from the United States. And um, she does have a special offer that we'll include in the, uh, in the show notes. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kemi Birthjoy Johnson. And who have you pissed off today? Oh, so many. Honestly, I have to do the meeting block several times a day. Yeah. We're not very pleased with me at all. Me too. You know, I just I post something about circumcision and then there's people that are like, How dare you? And other then ninety percent of people yeah. are like, Fuck yeah. Vitamin K, yeah, how exactly. dare you? Fuck yeah. Like, if you're going to be objective and yeah. show up in the world in authenticity, there's always somebody out there who is yeah. pissed off. And that's probably yeah. a testament to just the the ripple effect that is the force of nature sitting in front of me. If you're doing good work in the world, you're going to be pissing people off. It's just a part of the deal. And you do it with it's a smile and you show up in love and joy and you throw some expletives in there and you get this perfect storm of, of real radical change, I think, in a country or in a, in a body mass, the UK, <laughs> that is in just as much trouble as the United States when it comes to maternity care. Thank you. Will you say it? Because so many people blow smoke up our ass. They say, oh, well, you've got midwives at every first. Yeah, but if they're automatons, if they're robots, if they're handmaidens, they're pointless. And all they do is hold you down whilst you're getting fucked by the system. (laughs) They're complicit. They're complicit. I'm not pleased. Gosh. Well, where the hell do we... with the role that we're playing right now. I'm not. I'm displeased, Nathan. You have have this army of people, though, that really does... You know, I, I told you before we started recording, I really very much see you as a mentor for me. And you don't even know me. But you did read that essay I wrote way back in the day where I left the system. Um, obviously it left a lasting impression, but you know, one of the critical lines in there was they're going to keep conditioning you to do the things that they want you to do. And I, I'll add to that. You're renting out your time within the medical system at the lowest minimum wage that they're willing to pay you, despite you having this incredible experience and skill set, And they're going to appease you once in a while with a fucking taco party on Tuesdays once, you know, once in a while in the cafeteria, that's. Yeah. That's what yeah. you guys are working for as a taco party? Yeah, you want to actually see worth. a revolution. That's what we're worth. That's yeah. Right. yeah. I have been known to say as my friend that we fuss up women over for a happy meal. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't take a lot to buy our compliance uh, um, collusion. It yeah. doesn't take a lot. And I just want us to be, I, I at least want us to demand a higher price than that for the vicarious trauma. You know, I don't least want us to demand a higher price Absolutely. for sending a woman away from the system, traumatized forever, right? Like my mother was. Right, right. So, tell so tell us I'm, about I'm that. Just, yeah, my mother, Twilight Sleep, one of the last lucky recipients in the sixties. In how lucky? Right here in in glorious in glorious UK where we've got midwives. Call the midwife. So much better. Oh my word. Netflix and, has done harm, know, I think. <laughs> They have, and people lovingly give me call the midwife to sit down and watch, and I struggle. I know it's still better than the system we've got at the moment. You know, 
Nathan, we're going to be pissing so many people off with this recording. Oh, I love it. I can't wait but to honestly, hear how pissed they are. I get so many people doing the whole not, not all midwives speech or scenario as if it's okay that the majority of midwives will hold you down whilst you're getting raped. Mm. I, I, I just don't. I'm not pleased that we're supposed to focus on the handful that actually won't do that because there's yeah. still so many midwives that will turn a blind eye or won't report the doctor that they saw putting a hand inside a woman without giving their name or won't report the colleague, the, the, the midwife that they saw cutting an episiotomy that wasn't necessary because literally cutting into someone's genitals. And I know we're starting hard, but we don't have a lot of time to waste, do we, Nathan? Well, because we've got things to do. We've got things to do. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up something for those who aren't watching and who don't know you. You are a black midwife in the UK. Um, yeah. You're a birth educator. You're an activist. I do think it's relevant that you're that you're black and that you identify as a yeah. a, a, a black woman in a country that is no less racist historically than the United States. If if anything, I, I even promise more. You it's not. Yeah. So I think it's the mother. I think it's the mother of racism. Yeah. We have to thank the monarchy for showing us how to 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 uh, mistreat people of other colors. I, I think we uh, we can owe yeah. that to our our old British crown. Yeah, they, they definitely started the party with with the few you know notable um, mentions like Portugal and Spain in Europe. Um, yeah, they, they definitely <laughs> notable mention. <laughs> Second and, fir- oh, and third yeah. place prizes go to Portugal and Spain. <laughs> well, I'm interchangeable. They can all fight my themselves. But yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a black woman. I I I, I hesitate to say proud because it sounds trite. I, I I didn't choose this, but I am so enjoying being a black woman. And loving, even though we are the minority here in the UK, and even though we're five times, they they kill us five times faster. Sure. Yeah. Not not too different so, here in the so, states, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's around three, four times. Three to four times. Very uh-huh. different. And um, and you know, it's a guilty secret that we try to hide and talk through. Mm. We sit down in, in committees and talk and talk and talk. Whilst today, I know that black women have died in the system, and and you know, and their children too. So yeah. It's not just them; their babies. Yeah. They cheat little babies. Yeah. Die too. Yeah. So, so, but people often say I should be the voice for black women, and in you know, and their experience within maternity. But the reason why I keep my voice a general voice is because I love everyone, regardless of what color or culture they're from. Mm. But also, I think all women are in trouble in maternity services. It's just that, yes, of course, the the black women sure. are killing them five times faster. Sure, sure. But but uh, but I'm I'm worried for all women. Yeah. So that's why I fight for all women. My voice is for all women. I want to I want to go back to something you said earlier, Kemi, because uh, you mentioned, you know, let's say that there is a a, a militant lesbian black midwife who yeah. um, wants to be honored for the good work that they're doing. But they're working in a system that is also perpetuating a lot of this obstetric violence and everything else. Right. Lots of kudos to every person out there who is a, a doing the good deed more so than not. And I will remind you back during our civil rights movements, there was a movie called the the 13th. Which was, uh, yeah. which was about the we moved on from slavery and now we're, you know slavery in cotton fields in the United States to enslaving especially black men um, in prisons yeah. for a in profit, right? And yeah. I remember videos. Yeah. I remember watching that with my wife. She, my wife is Mexican, so you know she's mm-hmm. passably white, but she's Good also story. a woman of color. 
and she's yeah. my dream girl. Um, but we're yeah. watching it together, and she's always been very activistic. And you know, we both have this kind of lens on society, and with the pandemic and everything, we both were just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Like, people, families are falling apart. Like, family members of mine don't even talk to me. And so, anyways, we, we have really deep conversations. Is my point? We were watching this film, and I remember, you know, there are these those you know videos of a horde of of white men that look like me walking behind a black man on the street. And they're all like hooting and hollering. They're pushing him. They're throwing rocks or whatever. And maybe there was a straggler there who was just kind of in there, but maybe didn't feel great about it. And and he might argue, hey, I didn't push the black guy. But you were there and you didn't do anything to help the black guy either. And this, this we can use that same motif in applying it to maternity care where people are like, hey, all of my C-sections are, are you know, legitimate. And hey, I, I didn't. She, she consented to the vaginal exam. It's like, Okay, maybe that one time you did, but how about your partners? How about the people that are employing you? When are you going to just stop saying, fuck this, I'm done? Because until yeah. we all yeah. do that and we say the system has to yeah. change and not just, oh, me over here in the corner doing the right thing, that attitude yeah, is, that's it's like if you're not part of the, the solution, you're still a part of the problem. You're so, definitely part of the problem. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I take it a, a step further as well. I say, well, who's sleeping with these people? that are committing these crimes and they go to work every day. Surely there's pillow talk. Surely somebody's going to like rise up from their bed disgusted and say, you did that to a woman yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I really, I really take it very personally yeah. when you sit within a system that is so criminal and right. so malicious right. and so misogynistic. So, you know, but everyone knows this, that I have these strong feelings. Well, what, what I'm really happy to see is there people like you and many others that are standing up and creating things that are going to enable people to have wider choice? Because at the moment, our governments really are on fully on the depopulation agenda, mm. like fully on. And maybe their families have been threatened, you know, their salaries, I don't know, but they're definitely not going to stop yeah. until we're stopped as in humanity. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm really pleased in the last few years is testimony to that. Everyone can see hope hopefully anyone with two brain cells to rub together can see what happened in the last two years. Yeah. So we've got we've we've now got a situation where fortunately we've got a number of people waking up and you know, some people wake up terrified, you know, clutching their pals, some people wake up fighting, warrior pose. But we, those of us that are gifted when it comes to supporting families to give birth, you clearly are, I am, you know, we just are, you know, we can't like, you know, get all aerated about it. This is just what we were born into. This right. is our calling. We had no choice. Right. Right. You had no choice to write that essay and leave the murderous system. Mm. You were driven to it. I could tell by the way you were writing. That's why. I was actually angry. I was very cynical and angry when I was writing it. And you can feel it. It's coming out. It's just, I didn't even edit that essay. I wrote it and published it. I was just oh, so wow. so worth it in one. On my last yeah. shift, mm -hmm. my last shift, I had just done a C-section on a woman who wow. had, uh, it was actually a, a black family. And she, yeah. um, you know, had some, I think they suspected she had cocaine. It was like all that nonsense. It was like, oh, she's, you know, she's black. They're, they're maybe not all that rich. Uh, let's get a cannabis draw on her. And, and I knew what that was going to lead to, CPS and all of this. And then we did a C-section because she wasn't progressing after four centimeters. And it was like, 
while I'm doing it, the other doctor who I was the assistant surgeon, I was like the hospitalist who just did all the emergency stuff and jumped in on these surgeries. And they were like, wanted to talk to me about their kid's basketball game. And I was like, fuck you. Like, I'm done. Wow. I left and I was like, I'm wow. not doing this anymore. And I wrote that, published it, went home and slept wow. and woke up to a flood, a flood of emails, like exactly. good and bad, yeah. mostly good, actually. Most people resonate, but I can't do That's that. So I can't step away from the system. You know, I've got this and I get that. And you have to simultaneously be trying to find your exit because the system is just yeah. perpetuated yeah. by good people. To hell with good intentions, yeah. right? I, 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 uh, Ivan yeah. Illich. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that as well because I know it's a hard decision for most of the people that are bought into this, that their salaries hang on it, their children's school fees, their holidays, their car payments. I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's not an easy decision. Me deregistering, because I deregistered from the Nursing and Midwifery Council, Wow. Because they only, yeah, I, I meant business. I realized that they only wanted to sustain handmaiden midwives, medwives. They're not interested in those of us who are independent and laying our ass on the line every day. For yeah. women, you know, literally just staying with them. I remember being with a 54-year-old woman and she said, is there any reason why you won't look after me? And I said, of course not. There's no reason. And we'll just hang at home until we can't. And of course, she hung at home until she had a home birth, her first in the pool. So that's wow. how that's how we are ride or die. We are ride or die. The proper birthkeeper, independent midwife. Yeah. We don't care about policies. It's what the woman wants. And that's how I learned all that I learned. That's how I learned about breech babies, twins, etc. Just by saying. They basically all answer the same question, you know, in different ways. Is there any reason why you, you can't have a home birth? And the answer is always no. There's no reason why we can't have a home birth unless something happens. And something can happen to a size 10 yoga teacher. Absolutely. As much yeah. as a 54-year-old woman with a BMI 40. Yeah. It, you just got to hang with them. We've got to be their ride or dies. And most midwives are not that anymore. They punch the clock. They serve the man to get their money and, and carry on doing what they're doing. And they become compassion fatigue because of the amount of trauma, callous violence that they collude with mm. and then have to witness. And so, and so, I people always say, "Can we change the system?" Now, you were obviously in the system, and you voted with your feet. You realise where just walked away, and yeah. You, you, yeah, you couldn't sully yourself with that anymore, even though you've got a family to support, even though you've got a reputation. And sometimes, I mean, now, to be honest, I really don't care who hates me, but there was a time when it used to bother me. Yeah. It robbed me of a few minutes sleep. But now I don't care. I'm used to it. I get that. I get, you know, there's a much bigger calling than my self-esteem. Yeah. But, you know, we, we can no longer excuse ourselves from what is happening. It is clear. Are you aware, Nathan, that in the UK, our average cesarean rate is around 50%? Did you say 50? Five zero. Oh, we can't, uh, we can't claim to be number one anymore. Damn it. Uh, okay. Sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Although, I don't think we were ever number one. <laughs> USA. So I, I honestly, yeah. <laughs> The UK, same horror, but you know, it's so understated with it. And I, it's just, it's a disgrace. 
that half the children are being cut out of abdomen. That should sound year. so dystopic to people. It really should. If it doesn't but sound dystopic, uh, like, where are we headed here? Like, we're going to have incubators on Mars, I suppose, is what the next step yeah. is. Um, I want to I ask you something, Kemi, about this yeah, these past couple years with COVID, uh, and then I want to actually get into some of the birth stuff of the UK, which, by the way, the UK, just for my own stupid American geographical sense, we're talking about Britain, England. We're talking about Scotland, England. Uh, Ireland. And yeah. Is Wales part of that? Or, or... We're, talking, we're talking about Northern Ireland. Just Northern Ireland, but, gotcha. Yeah, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, England, yeah. Okay, so I did not so bad. I was probably a 75% there. Um, yeah, you're good. You're good. I, I would love to talk about some of the historical stuff that has happened in the UK around birth. But first, something that you're talking about, I, I it, it actually only became apparent to me. I used to have a, a sort of, um, I felt like so honored to be a part of the midwifery community. And, and in residency, I learned from certified nurse midwives. I went to home births with Stu Fishbein and some of his midwives. Like now, Sarah Rosser and I built the Born Free Method. Like midwives are my people. However, yeah. around what happened in COVID, they had a big giant, I'll give you an example, a big giant midwifery conference. I think it was the midwifery today. They're going to come after me now, but it was up in Oregon or something. And they were requiring people to swab before they came in and to put on like uh, N95 mask to be a part of the conference. And a lot of midwives were like, no, we're not going to do that. A lot of midwives just said, please, whatever you need me to do. What was happening? So so the reason I tell that story is that I was appalled by how many midwives, the radical history, the rich you know, African diaspora, this rich cultural tradition was so easily submitted to this baloney we were all hearing about. Did, did it happen in the in the UK as well? Did midwives... You know, uh, just go 100%, with the program. One hundred percent. Women would be coerced into the unit for this induction. Let's not even begin to talk about that because that would take a whole podcast. Oh my god! So they're coercing women into the unit to end their pregnancies for fallacies. So they'd get them in, and they'd say, "But your husband can't come in, or your partner can't come in." Um, until you're four centimeters dilated. Wow. How do we know that you're four centimeters dilated? Because we're going to do a vaginal examination on you to check that you're four centimeters dilated until your partner can come in. So your partner's not coming in until we put our hands inside of your vagina. We haven't bought you dinner. This is not a love thing. I'm going to be inside your genitals because COVID. So that's what was happening. Heaven forbid. Here. And yeah. And you have, and, and that's why I've relegated most of the midwives in this country to have the main ones mm. because they did that. The kind of disgusting behavior I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a man being tight. He's, he brought his partner in and she was in strong established labor. Anyone with half a brain would see the baby's going to pop out in 20 minutes. They kept him outside filling in a fucking form whilst his daughter was being born. His, his partner's forever traumatized, forever traumatized. And they did that. Got to fill in the form. Honestly, it was it was a disgrace. And handwritings were doing it. Yeah. They were doing it. Just doing the yeah. job, just doing the thing, following the orders. Yeah. Get your, yeah. get your, you know, 40%, you know, post-tax paycheck, you know, and, and go and, yeah. and, and live your life. And while I do yeah. honor that, I you do need to pay bills. 
What if every single nurse in that system just said, no, we're not doing this or midwife. Yeah. We're not doing this. What would happen? Yeah. We would actually. That's what I'd have have wanted to see. That's what I'd have wanted to see. The independent midwives, because I was a loyal, fierce independent midwife. But when I saw that they were doing the same thing, that they were lining up for the toxic jab, that they were giving it out. Some of them were leaving or taking a a, um, sabbatical from independent midwifery to give the jab, to give it, to give it. Wow, what a what a vir- what a virtuous what a virtuous person. Other than because I'm doing a post, just creating a post about this, the chief midwifery officer, Jacqueline Dunkley Bent, a black woman, July 2021, telling all pregnant people, not telling them, harassing them, fear mongering pregnant women into taking the toxic experiment. Mm. There was no safety data. That's the chief midwifery mm. officer. So it's a wrap for me. I have no respect for my colleagues. I've lost respect for them. There's a handful of them. I call them absolute gems and their necks are on the line, but they get bullied, bullied out of the profession. The standard for the profession, which is by being upheld by the NHS, National Health Service, and the Nursing and Midwifery Council is handmaiden. If you're not a handmaiden, they don't want you to exist in our in our um, profession they just rather be just retired shut up go and be quiet go and be a musician do anything rather than stay in service to families yeah i just want to pause there why don't you give a shout out to a couple people that you really really admire oh god that's going to take a few minutes and i'm going <laughs> to forget people but i'm going to go for it anyway going to go for it anyway of course it, of course i'm going to mention you i follow you i laugh at your reels um the one oh gosh um offensive side I, <laughs> that was sarah's creation and and by the way hold that while you're creating that list in your head let me also remind everybody mm-hmm. the farm in tennessee this was another thing that really got me ina may's legacy in summertown tennessee commune of hippies travels across the country following a berkeley professor they're having babies. It's the it's the you know sixties and seventies free love. They arrive there. They have a cannabis farm. They've got several hundred acres. Their own printing press. These are the most radical individuals coming out of the sixties and seventies. And what happened with COVID? Closed the gates unless you triple boosted, masked, and everything else. This is what happened in the okay. farm. I wanted to just throw okay. that in there. It was the biggest discouragement. It was like, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Fortunately, my one of my best friends, Sarah, who made the, the course with me, she is a farm midwife. And I, I, was not, I was saving my anger and frustration in order to hold space for her to make some very hard decisions. And she still refused to get vaccinated, refused, 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 started just seeing not people on the farm, seeing clients in the home and was on the border like just about to just resign altogether and they rescinded all of the restrictions and she was like it's easier to just keep doing it but man was she disliked in that community um so i wanted to throw that in there as well you throwing it in it's totally derailed me i i just i maybe we're all florodated that's what that's what i think (laughs) they put way too much fluoride in their water (laughs) Yeah, I just, I can't understand. And yeah, I'm shocked. And you see, that's, oh, it just makes me feel quite sick. 
Mm. I don't know what to say to that. I'll get back on task. It's pretty, it's pretty, well, uh, I, so. I'm really disgusted. I'm really disgusted. Yeah. And sad. Yeah. Sad. Um, Dr. Stuart Fishbean, love the guy. Uh, goddess Midwife Bliss Young. Goddess Bliss. <laughs> I love Goddess Bliss. Um, Ibu Robin. Um, oh, there's so many. Oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. There's so many. Rachel Reed, Katie Jane. Um, Rashini, Melanie, um, Melanie, the midwife, Australia. This is like an Oscar um, speech where you have to say everything before the music comes on. <laughs> okay, you I didn't. You, you started this. You're not going to leave me. You're not all tonight, this. There's so many of you. You know I know you, and I love you. You're out there. I'm blank. I'm looking at Nathan. You know, he's kind of hot. Come on, forgive me. Let's move on. I just got a new haircut for you, too. I don't know if you can tell. I, uh... yeah, I know you did. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. I wanted to be handsome for Kemi. <laughs> and I'm bi. I'm bisexual. I'm not lesbian, so you better be careful. Well, I'm heterosexual, and you're also beautiful, so let's just call a spade a spade. Um... <laughs> oh, man. You know what we need in the United States, uh, by the way? We need a black lesbian or bisexual. We'll take it. We'll accept it. Black, bisexual... Uh, uh, birth worker. Do you have any military experience? That would be the only thing that would make you like a drill sergeant or something. That would be the only thing that would round it out. My, ch- my children, <laughs> my children sometimes suspected I might have had military. Yeah, yeah, in a past <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody like you as the president I, of the I United States. Yeah. Oh my God. I I think so. I do. You know what? I'm more a person where I don't think there should be any government. So I'm kind of Me too. about let's all back in, link arms and get things done. I, I, I'm i really over government and monarchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, government monkeys and handmaidens. You know, I mean, that whole, yeah. you know, you're referring to, I think it's a reference to The Handmaid's Tale. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's loads, there's loads of, there's loads of, I, you know, they try and soften us by showing us where we're going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like The Handmaid's Tale, just get us all into that world. So when we're actually looking at it and don't respond so much, a lot of people don't even realize it's slidden into the real world. Not that That's far off, really. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. I could totally see that happening. That film, Children of Men. Oh my gosh, yes, with Clive Owen. Oh my God. It it was like 20 years ago that That film was made, and it was like on point. On point. It's too close. It's too close to comfort. So, anyway, I'm just really excited about what you're building, what so many of us are building. Um, And we need to keep on building. I'm all about the community. Our community is all loving dovey. You're going to get bitches like me. You're going to get loud mouths like you, and we're still going to have to stay in community with one another. Yeah. We're going to say things that are upsetting sometimes. We still have to love each other because we are literally saving each other's lives right now. Yeah. Because if we if we just get onto that conveyor belt, we are sunk, our children are sunk, our grandchildren are sunk. Yep. So you've already got a legacy to protect. You've started your descendants. You've got your children. Yeah. So you, you you don't even have a you don't have a choice. You have to stay in this battle now. Yeah. But we need to look after each other and we need to have fun. We need to be having fun whilst be playing, it. be wearing bright colors, just living life the yeah. way that we feel is is gonna honor our neighbors. And you know, one of the biggest things out of gosh, I know we're gonna get to birth work, I promise. But I just love you so dearly. 
minute, in a minute. <laughs> the uh, gosh, the uh, the biggest problem with the COVID thing was not that we have this biological device or the masks. Although I will say I'm still a little triggered when I see people wearing masks. Like it's just like yeah, ugh, it just brings me back there. The loss of friendships, loss of family, fractured, yeah. whatever, yeah. all really bad. The biggest thing was the tremendous amount of isolation and fearing our neighbors. That is not going to go away in in any 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 you know present today near future, um, and that really really harms how we can care for one another. When we're inevitably thinking this person's going to pass on a deadly something to us, I can't show up and, and love you if I'm afraid of you. But that fear, yeah, that's, that's right. a level one of this sort of. Mm. It's not even Machiavellian. It's this is like a a mass hypnosis people under a spell mm. being afraid of one another it's hard to it's hard to rid yourself of that um especially yeah. when you're in a person's space you're delivering their baby mm. you're you're being intimate mm. with them it's an intimate act birth keeping mm. and mm. so anyways i i um <clears throat> we could we could go on and on about about that but i'm i'm glad that we're but come on yeah I'm please, so sorry. please i'm so rude interrupting you on your own podcast but I, I would say that you've touched on aspects of that as well because you've asked us, and I know you just seem so much hate for it, when you were asking us each to take personal responsibility for our whole health, you know, that we've got to stop kind of, you know, saying, oh, it's his fault, oh, you know, yeah. I'm breastfed and all the rest of it. Uh, we actually have to take our own health, take, take that in hand. And those of us that we're caring for our immune systems yeah. without sabotaging them with the jab, um, obviously, you know, yeah, people had a lot to say about us, but that was one of the ways we've been able to ride this whole situation because we don't have impaired immune systems. Yeah. So I think, you know, like you said, making us fear each other, that that carries weight if we're really not caring for each other, yeah. our, ourselves, for, um, forgive me, ourselves wholeheartedly. If we can care for ourselves, then we can care for others. So I was there, you know, gloves off, you know, front and centre in the birth room, more than I've ever been, actually. I've yeah. been the birth room during this deacon scan more than I've ever been. Yeah. So. break here thanks for uh for listening to me and kemi banter we are like old kindred spirits i can tell you that um if you enjoy conversations like this and you see advocacy and autonomy and informed consent and all of those things as important integral to your birthing experience or to the experience of your clients considering maybe you're a doula a birth worker a birth educator you're thinking about becoming a midwife or something like that check out the born free method um it's Really, my magnum opus, co-created with Sarah Rosser, um, who's a CPM on the farm in Tennessee. And we've included virtually everything. We start with radical responsibility. We get into the history of obstetrics and midwifery and how the Rockefeller medicine came to be. We get into every possible intervention, risks, benefits, alternatives of every intervention under the sun, including ultrasound. Who's talking about that? COVID, mRNA vaccines, other vaccines, vitamin K, Rogam, everything under the sun, breach, history of C-section. We walk through all of that and we provide a comprehensive in-depth look at all of the 
um, lifestyle modifications that are in your control in order to have an autonomous birth. Because if you risk out of midwifery care and they force you now to consider having a hospital birth, that's not that that probably that may have been uh, prevented if we were able to meet with you one on one, Sarah and I. The problem is that we've become so busy that we didn't know that of a course out there that did what we wanted to that conveyed what we wanted to convey. So we created the born free method. We also talk about cannabis, psychedelic use in pregnancy. There's a whole unit for dads, which I would have loved to have when I was um, becoming a father. Um, the, the course is 110 lessons long. There's over 250 citations, and you get 12 months of weekly calls. You get lifetime access, and any updates to, to the course in the future are going to be yours at no extra cost. And we've already got about 20 lessons that we've got lined up to record as additions to this already incredible um, <laughs> accomplishment in launching the Born Free Method. So jump on an enrollment call, go to bornfreemethod.com, and um, we'll see you there. would love to have you in our community if you're listening to this podcast. All right, back to my conversation now with Kemi Birth Joy Johnson. I mean, I, I agree. And I mean, that personal responsibility piece, it, 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 the truth will set you free, but first it's really going to piss you off, you know? And I, I just read that somewhere uh, today, probably on Instagram because yeah. I'm on there too much, but, <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, even the simple, you know, for this, the COVID hospitalizations and intubations in the United States, up to 60% of those people had a metabolic issue. They were you know, yeah. severely obese. They were diabetic. Like, that's I, right. it doesn't that's matter what right. the data, like how you want to interpret and everything else. That is a fact. In the United yeah, States, we right. are not healthy. Of course, this little but, exosome, this little viral messenger comes yeah. in and causes havoc. It's like upgrading your yeah. old computer with a brand new Mac OS or something. It's a fr you get yeah. fried. Yeah. So it's fried. <laughs> it totally it's destroyed. And, um, Oh my gosh, one more point. I've got to tell you, this is so current. So, you know, the whole world was flying high on the scam. And, you know, a few people were, you know, paying out of pocket for jabs because they thought it was a really good thing to have. Um, so the, the richer were getting more jabs or avoiding mm -hmm. the Janssen jab and all this politics was happening around the jab. And whilst I was here, most of the time I was here in Tanzania. That's where I am at the moment. So my grandchildren are. Oh, so amazing. I'm in Tanzania. Here a lot of the time. Amazing. I'm in Tanzania. I'm in Dar es Salaam right now. Right on. So, so I, I started coming here at the beginning of the scam. Um, my son and his wife, quite bright, they realized what was happening. They were living in Europe. They saw which way it was going and they came here. We had the most amazing um, president, Magathuni who um, is a fit and healthy man who was disappeared, um, virtually, <laughs> so, so they ended up having to, yeah, seriously, um, he was one of the African presidents that were disappeared because they were laughing at the silliness and because they wouldn't let um, the World Economic, um, not World, well, World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization um, infect the whole nation of the stupid stupidity, the covidiously, I call it. So covidiously, God, so you're full of great T-shirt ideas. <laughs> honestly, honestly, they got him out of the way, and um, 
and so a few people in this country had jabs, but not many. And I'm seeing them now because they only had access to the Janssen jab, if I remember. And so they are now popping up with strokes. But most Africans didn't have it. And I've never seen a fitter, healthier, younger looking group of people in my whole life. Throughout the whole scan, they had food aplenty. They weren't having jabs and they certainly weren't having COVID. Wow. And and their clubs were full and their supermarkets are full and everyone was happy. So that took, for me to see that with my own eyes really showed me what the scam the whole thing is. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'll let that be the last word on it. Well, it won't be the last word. It'll come up again and that's okay. That's okay. I, I actually really, <laughs> um, I, I, I want to also emphasize that all of this lifestyle stuff, I, you've seen me get torn apart on, on social media because I'm like, listen, guys, gestational yep. diabetes is preventable. I really don't care. I know it's triggering, yeah. but somebody out there in the it's medical community. And it's curable. You, yeah. It's preventable and it's Completely curable. Completely reversible. But what they do, what they do instead is get us on metformin, have our muscles wasted, that we've got less chance of breaking out of this cycle. Yeah. So they, that's what they do. So, I used yeah. to really resist that, but... Uh, I don't have a better explanation. It's like it's either you're totally incompetent as a medical scientist and you don't you just can't understand this stuff or you're just playing this game where as long as people wow. are, are re, you know, requiring medication and surgery for these chronic illnesses, yeah. um, we're, we're happy and the insurance companies are happy. The pharma pharmaceuticals yeah. are happy. Um, I resist that yeah. notion a lot because I like to see the best in people. And I'll say. I don't My think line. doctors go to the hospital wanting to traumatize women, but listen to no. women and they will tell you they're being traumatized. So you have to step back That's and say, right. uh, do I believe her or or, or uh, am I just going to keep doing this thing that I'm doing? That's what happened to me. So 100 um, radical responsibility but for I the do. person who's pregnant, radical responsibility for us as birth workers, as just yes. the, the everyday citizen. Take your power yes. back, guys. Take it back. Yes. It's all right there. Take it. That's it. <laughs> oh, shit. Just my whole message. That's it. T-shirts. T-shirts. And by the way, we have a flame. <laughs> There's a, an electronic neon uterus behind me in my podcast studio yeah. here. I'm going to be giving one. I'm going to send one to Kemi because she and I are kindred spirits, baby. Um, it actually just says that I'm getting one. Yeah. And you know that's going to be my favorite thing in life. <laughs> it's going to go all over the world with me. It's going to go over, it. all over the world with me. I love it. Yeah, just just take pictures with it and, and like put my little photo in the in the uh, uterine cavity or something like that. And you can just have me with you at all times. Um, Kemi, let's <laughs> let's talk about some of the historically well, around what has changed with birth work in the UK. There are two things in particular, yeah. and you brought the one of called a midwife. How accurate is that show, historically speaking? And if you don't know, that's okay. The second thing is... No, it, it honestly is it is fairly accurate. For a TV show, right. it's fairly close to the book. It's fairly close to what was happening in the 50s. It is, and I know it goes on. I mean, I started watching the ones in the 50s, but then I just didn't stick with it. So I know it's gone. I think it's in the 70s now or something. I don't know. That's a show. Three it just keeps I going. Really I didn't know. I didn't know it kept going from there. Yeah. So it actually yeah. is, eventually would get to modern midwifery practice, presumably, if it were to go but for another decade or two. I guess I guess they're always going to stay in a historic sense sure. because it kind of makes it less confronting, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's yeah. not confronting, really. 
but it could get confronting sure. because the kind of stuff we've got going on right now is 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 quite criminal and you know i think you need to stop that yeah and i think yeah. you know occasionally I, I feel like there should be competitive making you know um guillotines and yeah. you know hanging people i do i i really do feel that uh, the crimes uh are that bad and inexcusable and there doesn't need to be a court let's just get rid of the people committing these crimes that's how i feel sometimes and that's a bit edgy but right now today you know there are women in intensive care today there are babies that have gone to NICU today because of practices that we know are criminal, but they're still doing them. Tell me about that. Just you know, riff on that for a while. I mean, what are some of these crimes that these these perpetrators are yeah. perpetrating? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the the sharp end will be the unnecessarian. So we absolutely know that with um, major abdominal surgery, it carries risk to women. You know, the ones you know, bowel damage, bladder damage, loss of her. So her control over the situation, so postnatal depression. Um, then we got the nick. I love the way we call them nick. Oh yeah, there was a nick to the baby's presenting Oof. part. You know, there's yeah. a baby right now. He's got genitals. She's going through. Um, well, she's been scheduled for um, surgery to her genitals because her genitals were nicked. Mm. You know, heads me nick. All right. Um, we've got babies that get Just a their flesh skulls wound. crushed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They've got paper. Well, hers it went down, it went deep, right? Then we've got um, we've got babies whose skulls are getting cracked or crushed by forceps. Okay, so why is the mother having a forceps birth? Oh, it's because she's having an induction. Oh, why does she have induction? Oh, because we lied to her and told her that she's got controlled glucose. So she she may have fa- um, failed their DTT but she still controlled her blood glucose levels. So she doesn't need to end her pregnancy, but a midwife lied to her and told she does, told her she does. Yeah. So she accepts an induction that cascades to a forceps delivery and the baby gets harmed in the forceps delivery <laughs> or dies. I think the person who told her that she needed an induction needs to go to jail. I don't know. It just, yeah. it just because it was a lie, she didn't. And we're supposed to be professionals. They're supposed to be staying on top of our game. We're supposed to be reading the literature. We're supposed to be understanding the physiology of things like glucose management, etc. We're supposed to know that, yeah. And and so if you're going to ignore all of that knowledge and lie to the woman in front of you who's vulnerable, who we know her brain makes her vulnerable, sure, on purpose, you know, if you're going to do that, that's coercion. Mm. It's a crime. It's been a crime in the UK since 2015. You should go to jail at least. And I think it would stop in a heartbeat, all the collusion. Yeah. You know, there's a, 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 one of my favorite jokes is, uh, I don't know who told me this, but how do you hide something from an OBGYN? You publish it. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And yeah. um, so I'm wondering, are you more, uh, do you have more of a disdain yeah. for for the obstetricians or for the midwives? The midwives. And it's because it's sort of like, you know, you you have all of the, uh, you, you have the capacity to really do things differently and you chose not to. Is uh, that yeah, right? Really, that's right. That's that's the point. I think 
what happens to a doctor as they progress towards being an OBGYN is heinous. The hours, mm-hmm. the amount that you're expected to, to know. totally dehumanizing um, in, fact, in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 And you're, you're only shown things once and then expected to do it and expected to imbue the confidence and then expected to teach it. So you want to do one, so teach I one. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I, so honestly, I'm not excusing OBGYNs, but I'm just saying. With midwifery, we're actually meant to be the guardians of normality. And the society's groomed us to trust the midwife. So what's that saying? To whom much Mm -hmm. is given, much is required? Of whom much is required? So so we're given a lot of trust, blind trust. And that's what we're using to go in by stealth and take the legs out from under women. That's why I'm I'm more upset with midwives. Yeah. That's why I call us sheep um, wolves in sheep's clothing. Because we we're taught I remember classes and I didn't even know what was happening at the time because there's a bit bit young in the head. But they were teaching us how to groom and coerce women. How to get them to do what we want, how to smile, how to how to pretend that we're on side how to get them comfortable you know we that's all we we had that too it was like it was like it it was like education it was sort of like we're gonna have a lecture now on improving your bedside manner but when i think back to it i always felt it was so weird but really the it was teaching you the gestures and whatnot that were going to help a person um that we're going to make them be, make them compliant. You're absolutely right. It was a grooming process. Now that I think about it, oh man, so it wasn't real feel, connection. I feel, yeah, yeah. I I feel, yeah. So it's coming from both sides. It's no wonder we're so good at it. I yeah. do birth reflections with parents who have come through and out the other side and thinking what the fuck happened, and they're always blaming themselves. They're always saying things like, I can't believe I fell to that. I don't usually fall for stuff. And I always remind them, I said, listen, like we go to school. And I was saying that about midwives. That now you heard it from me. Doctors get it too. We go to school and learn how to coerce you. Yeah. How to fear monkey you. How to dream you. You don't stand a chance. Unless you can see us coming, you don't stand a chance. So, so I just beg true. people to not blame themselves. Yeah. They mustn't blame themselves, you know. We're doing this hundreds of times a day. I mean, you know, you're you're looking at a different scale um, because you're in a larger you're in a larger continent, you know, larger country. But we are doing this to women what a thousand times a day. I mean, it's just every single person. You just want to you you know. I always bring this study up, but there was a British Medical Journal study not too long ago that looked at primary care practices and how much time was. What you know was the client? I say client because you're not sick when you're pregnant. Uh, how much time you know uh, passes before the doctor starts to speak over you and take over the visit? And it was on average 22 mm. seconds, Kemi. So if I don't know your story, I don't have to act on oh, it. Oh <laughs> man! Oh man! We've got a problem. Got a big Did problem. You say- Seconds is measurable in seconds. 22 seconds was on average, meaning you might say, hi, hi, whatever, and they start saying, so you got this thing, all right, we're here we go, let's get you in stirrups and all this other stuff. OBGYNs are considered primary care in the United States. I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but in that study, they were including uh, OBGYNs, if I if I am not mistaken. But regardless, even if it was a primary care yeah. doc, like what yeah. doctor out there learned to give them 22 seconds on average 
before they tried to start solving Where? their biggest problems, which is Where? is ridiculous. The whole notion. Anyways, I I keep getting you off off track. I'm sorry. What was that chart? Well, uh, <laughs> you were going to start talking about some of the crimes, I suppose. Like, what are some of the things yeah, that you're I seeing? Yeah, are... I mentioned a few. Yeah. Um, interfering with women's genitals about yeah. uh, giving your name, telling them why you're doing it. Um, yeah, t- telling them maybe the physiology behind it, not just telling them because it's our policy to do it. We have to We so, have to check the know, baby. Like, Check the babies a lot. Oh, check their what? <laughs> <laughs> You know, check the way with Fontanelle. Yeah. Why? Oh, they're like, there. They got it, Fontanelles. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so I just because I managed to go to most births and and not see much less interfere with the women's genitals. A lot of women give birth in water. I don't feel the need to be shining a torch at their genitals. Yeah. So I just I I just you know you've got uh, telling half truths. I call it lying. Some people say, oh, misinformation. I don't really like that word. It's just lie. Um, and so they lie to women and tell them, oh, you know, your BMI is 40, so you can't have a water birth. Why not? You know, it apparently, well, I know, I know this. If you've got a pool in a unit, you have to have learned how to use a hoist. There has to be a hoist available. So why are you telling the woman, are you just, well, supposing we're in collapse, what will we do? Well, what you'll do is like, You'll use the water to keep her buoyant to get her out of the pool, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so so there's there's so much that is being done in the name of care that is actually lies and maintaining power, etc. Then we've got you know the crimes of oh you're a black woman you don't feel pain you're just being precious, so ignoring a black woman's cries for help or ignoring an Asian woman's crimes for help. All Asian women are princesses. Or telling, um, you know, Chinese women um, that your perineum is short because you're Chinese. You know, all of those lies, because what that then does, it gets them to accept things that they wouldn't accept if they were told the truth. God, amazing. That's a crime. I can't wait That's to put crime. this to... This, go ahead, sorry. I, I you, you get me moved in such... In powerful ways. So, sorry. Continue. It's amazing. It's 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 quite awful. We've got um, uh, the nice, not so nice. I hashtag them. Um, nice guidance, which is the National Institute for Clinical Excellence. Yeah, yeah. I know the, um, the nice that, guidelines yeah, uh-huh. that produce that produce guidelines. They're just guidelines, folks. They're not rules. Like have a brain. You're autonomous and responsible. Stop just following guidance. Right. Anyway, they produced this guidance for induction of labor in 2021. Yeah. And in it, they, no matter how much we can say, in it, they managed to squirm in. And if the person sitting in front of you is black, you need to get them to accept an induction by 40 weeks. You need to get them to accept the membrane sweeps from 37 weeks or 39 weeks. I can't remember the crap. I read it in 2021. And I filed it in the round file, Dr. Stu called it. I put it in the round file. The round special uh, special filing cabinet under your desk. <laughs> special. <laughs> under, right under your desk. Yeah. Um, so I haven't read it since, but it's just like because she's black. So black women are dying because of structural, institutionalized, systemic racism. Uh. 
But what they've done is they said, you've just got to end your pregnancies earlier to have a chance to survive. You know, that's the crime. That's insane. So it, and it's like everyone's everyone's in on the crime. Everyone's right. in on it. Right, right. Have you have you been um have you ever received care in the medical system yourself? And did you experience racism? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah, that's key. Because that's key. I only mm. was receiving care. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. It just it just tasted funny. Ugh. Um and it was from my my first um car crash birth, which was in, an unnecessary induction that cascaded to an unnecessary cesarean, but I was too busy fighting for my right <laughs> to to be able to save myself, right? So I um I've I've been a recipient of the care and, and it was totally, yeah, ridiculously dismissive, racist, talking down to me. I'm a bright woman, but I'm busy having a baby. Like, yeah. don't talk down to me. Yeah. Literally, just listen to me. And I was trying to say things to them, but they, you know, they they weren't listening to me. And you know, the evidence already shows that if my husband had spoken up on my behalf, they're more likely to listen. But he didn't speak on my behalf because we were both quite young, and he didn't have to be about childbirth. Mm. So I was a sitting target, and ended up having my first major abdominal surgery of my life. Right, wow. just having my healthy boy right so so i'm 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 not pleased with them i'm not pleased with the care i receive i'm not pleased with the care that's given um you know like patriarchy does like racism does you've got you've also got black midwives harming black women so it's not like you know people think oh if i'm I'm safe if i've got a black midwife no you're not Hmm. yeah because that's the whole indoctrination thing. It just goes deep. It seeps into the pores of a person. And you have to be like you. I guess you've been a, a bit of trouble from the moment you took your first breath, Nathan. I think there's some of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know it's true. Or you did or you did the good boy until you didn't. And he did it, and then we all found out what you really like. Yeah. But I, I was the same. I was the people fever until I wasn't. And when I woke up, <laughs> I fully woke up. And I, I'm just hoping more people do that. You know, your primary word should be no. With, with, I say, I'm, I'm a bit kind. I think you said it's a 90-10 split. I think 20% of people know what's going on, and 80% don't. Uh. And... You know, that's about, I, I'm more generous in my smith. But I think 20% of us know, 80% don't. I think many people are in a process of waking up now. I still think we'll be the minority. We're going to have to look after each other because there's there's a bait and switch happening constantly. Um, mm. And before you know it, yeah, we'll be, we'll be all growing our children in pods on Mars, like you said. <clears throat> yeah. I often feel like if we're ever going to get anything right in the world, whether it's, you know, bigotry, racism, you name it, you know, wars over religions or whatever, like none of these big issues, not to mention the ecological catastrophe that's on the horizon, right. feels like we can't really fix those things if we can't get birthright. You know, it, it like this seems like it would be such a simple thing. And meanwhile, we're investing billions in order to, quote, fight cancer or to you know, minimize the risk of a virus and this and that. Like, we can't even get the birth of a baby right. And we're yeah. going to try to, like, outsmart and, and it, nature. And, and babies can literally birth themselves. Right. Like, we don't even need to they do anything and we're messing it up. 
Yeah, exactly. Even breathing funny, you're going to mess it up. I, I, I sit far away from the woman unless she wants me close. Yeah. You know, where more is she going to want than her partner? You know, yeah. so I, I, I don't get in his grill. I don't get in her space. But yeah, yeah we must, we're messing it up the whole time. And it's not by accident. And it's not because we're stupid. It's intentional. Yeah. It's, it's intentional. It's depopulation. It's dehumanization. Um, and, you know, those of us that know what it is need to be able to create something different for those that want it. And we are part of the change. And many people out there are. And if, if I've offended you, I'm, I'm sorry, you're part of the problem, but it doesn't mean I've written you off. You, you can yeah. choose differently. Yeah. You can choose differently. Yeah. Do you, if 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 the the powers that be, you know, call it, you know, we could just look at Bill Gates and we see everything that's wrong with most parts of the world. But if, excuse me, if these powerful people, corporate, you know, large corporations, the banking system, the the crown, like all of the people that have been in charge for way too long, um, generally white mm-hmm. people, if they were, you know, right. do, do you get a sense that if they were to start systematically? eradicating groups of people do you think that they would target black people first yes but we all need to be afraid yeah they've been doing the trying to target black people thing for a while um i think the the covid scam proved that it it didn't really work out like africa were thriving yeah right well not to mention (laughs) black people black men and women in america being like no we're not going to take that 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 experiment thank you we remember what happened you know in in the past century thank you experimenting with our bodies no thank you we kind of had a heads up we kind of had a heads up um and you know and and i'm really glad and we and we literally are thriving here yeah so so yes, I you know by all means they've worked really really hard to try and eradicate people of color. Um, you know they did exceptionally well on your soil. <laughs> you know completely. Sure. Yeah. You know wiped them out. So and just carrying on a life as if that didn't happen. Australia trying the same thing. You know what I mean? Like we try and stay hush hush about it, but like a whole race. Yeah. Is eradicated. Yeah. So so. Um, yes, they by all means have worked really hard, but they're now they're now coming to you guys. Yeah, so, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, everyone. That's finally caught up with everyone. It's they're coming through the white middle class, big guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I hope that brings us all together. Now that's sure. what I'm hoping. Sure. I hope we realise that we've got a common problem. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there's there's this increase that the next thing I want to explore a little bit with you is, you know, as as birth workers, um, especially my yeah. colleague, Sarah, she and I just talked about this today, who she's a white woman. Wow. They adopted a, a black child from Ethiopia. She's been a surrogate for two babies. She's also had her own daughter biologically. Wow. Like She's been around the block with the variety of pregnancy options. And um, and they are the like the most accepting, inclusive you know, family I've ever met. Yeah. And yeah. Sarah is doing some training now in order to help make um, black birth work students feel safer. And one yeah. one thing that came out of that conversation for her in this course was that black women around the world, mm-hmm. but particularly with our history mm-hmm. in the United States, where we still have very much a segregated population, black um... black men and women have had to study and perfect 
their ability to to you know to weave their way into white culture whereas white people have never really been incentivized to do that so yeah. so sarah was you know we were talking about some of the books that are out there if you had that dilemma for you I mean, like I'm, I'm i'm wondering if there's you know white you know good intentioned you know birth keepers out there that are trying to help honor the traditional practice of of midwifery through the lens of the african diaspora or just a good to do um, new black midwifery student that maybe no, no. they want to try to envelop them in this world yet we have this still this cultural divide no. are there any resources or mentors that maybe birth workers who are interested in pushing back against the systemic racism in the maternity care system or even just bringing mm-hmm. somebody under their wing and where they really want to be able to honor the the experience of a black person not having ever experienced that themselves what would you suggest? Because I feel like people want that, but there's not a lot of great resources. It's a weird question, well, I know, but say, I, I'm just kind of curious what you would it, say. Well, yeah, and, and, and I'm trying to think of useful, a useful answer. Maybe if I talk about the people that inspire me. Yeah, yeah, please, would, would please. That help? Yeah. Um, Jenny Joseph. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Jenny Joseph? I've heard her name. She's amazing. Yeah. Please look her up and perhaps even see if you can speak with her. Okay. She's got a project. Um, I think she's got a birth center in Florida that looks after black women. Um, and it's beautiful. It's, it's, everyone is comfortable there. The people she mentors are comfortable Man. there. The families she cares for are comfortable there. And it's because it's culturally appropriate, culturally sensitive. Common for black sense. Woman. Common sense childbirth, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like. right. Yeah. She's an amazing person to hear and to listen to and her projects. And you can wade in and think she's got some charitable events coming up. And please just look into her. She's I will. wonderful. Yeah. We've 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 got um we've got Elsie Gale here in the UK. She has been focused on optimizing the experience of black women and black families giving birth in the UK, primarily in the, the second biggest city, I think Birmingham in, in England. So that she's been on that for decades. Wow. We've got, we've got Mars Lord, who she has twins herself. She's a consummate doula. She's Ralph a coach. And she is a powerful black woman with an amazingly articulate and passionate and speaks up on behalf of the maternity experience of black people here uh, in the UK. Uh, and, 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 and she's actually broadened her reach now. It's not just maternity. She speaks about everything. So she's somebody else. Now, I don't know if any of them have done a book, have written a book, but they're there. They're on the internet. They've got presence on and Instagram, I think Elsie's on Facebook, they're there to be found. And a lot of what we've learned is from stories. This is a conversation yeah. that I heard Ibu Robin talking about the other day. I don't want us to underestimate the power of a story. Mm. I know we've got we've got resources. I know, you know, everyone would like that every one of us that is an influencer in one way or another to have a book. I haven't got round to writing my book yet. You know, I'm I'm you know, I'm supposed to be on a PhD by now. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> there's, 
I, I actually want to be sat in circle telling stories and, and we learn a lot from stories. Um, so yeah, I, so I love what Sarah's doing and I just all, I want to affirm that a lot can be done just by creating circles yeah. for us to sit in and encourage each other with stories. Storytelling. I, I, um, was actually going to, it was one of, on my list of questions here actually is you had mentioned before you do a birth reflection, um, uh, sort of mm. exercise with your clients. And I start that as well. They want to know what the labs and the, all, and I'm like, pause, tell me your, your story from your last birth. And oftentimes that is therapy alone. Nobody has asked them that. It's the one. How do you no. do that? How do you well, uh, facilitate that? I'm kind of curious. It's so wonderful. I do a lot online because I'm running around the world and I'm going to start working a few months in Mexico as well. Um, so I, I'm around the world. So I get people, I'm very good at getting people comfortable on a Zoom and you are too, you've got yeah. those skills. I think many of us that really love people do. And so, you know, I've had my snack in my cup of tea and tell me, tell me about your, the birth, you know, what do you remember that makes you smile? You know, what upset you? So I, we have those conversations and yes, most definitely by the end of the conversation, we've moved, we've moved from the painful, restricted place because remember our society doesn't want good girls to tell bad stories. Mm. So, you know, people are shut down. Mm. So to know that someone's got a cup of tea and is, you know, got up on their legs up on a footstool and wants to hear the birth story. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's quite powerful and healing. It well, it, it, it opens the wound. Mm. It opens the wound mm. to let the poison out, that you can begin to get the true meaning. So yeah. yeah, it's something. And I'm glad that you've incorporated that too. I'm glad that you get time to hear. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, that's what I'm about, really. Circles for people to share. Yeah, I you know I just wonder. You know, everybody talks about you know historically the red tent and this and that, but. It doesn't even need to be, we don't even need to make a spectacle of it. It's as simple as just like, well, tell me about your story. Because they'll come, they've come to me. And actually, I learned this from one of the farm midwives uh, at dinner. I didn't, it's not like a skill I learned, but she had shared it with me. And I was like, God, that's a beautiful geez. little um, anecdote. She had said, somebody said, I want a birth on the farm. I will never go back to a hospital. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what the risk is. I had a C-section. I'm not going to do it. Are you going to take care of me or not? And she paused and said, tell me about your past birth. And it was a, the floodgates opened. That was all that she needed desperately. It could be somebody who's white, black, uh, Asian from the UK, doesn't speak English, doesn't, doesn't have a medical degree, birth worker, whatever. They just needed somebody to listen. And they hadn't been given in that span since their last birth. Anybody, n nobody gave them the presence, not just the time, but the presence to just let them share their story. We used to do this around fires. We used to do this as a part of our, our culture. It was an important part of, of community building. And now we don't have time for your story. We have time yeah. for the, the ultrasound report up here in the labs, and then we're going to create a plan, and we're going to go in and out. Hearing a person's story, I actually think that is, if, if you know, when sometimes when people ask me, what would I do to change the system? People think I'm going to say, we need to train doctors mm -hmm. on nutrition and we need to do less C-sections. And like all of that is true. But what I need as a doctor, as a healer, as a, as a, as a compassionate man and human being is I need to be in, I need to be gifted with the opportunity to hear a person's story, whether it takes five minutes or five days, 
that that is what's actually missing because when you start to learn a person's story suddenly now it doesn't matter if you're blue or red or or whatever you know your political yeah. party is or whatever your creed is or your yeah. race you've heard their story they're a part of you now that's you guys sweet. are connected that's right especially in rites that's of passage right. snaps snaps and, all around and, <laughs> and that and that and that i honestly feel like the change that we are making because I'm still not sure that we can change a system of thought. Yeah. But I think the change we're making is creating this new world where we listen to each other mm. and actually hear each other. Yeah. And you said something really key, which is present. Mm. I think if we, it, when we have ego, when we're in our ego, we just don't want to listen to people. But when you finally realize that everyone is a person called uniquely to this this human experience, then you're going to give them the time to hear where they're yeah. coming from and what they're doing and why. Now, con conversely, you will hear me say, not really interested in what current maternity service workers feel or, or say about the situation because you're harming too many people. I agree. You do hear me say that too. I can be quite a dichotomy, but it's only because you're just being you're just being criminal right now. I just don't want to hear it. There is a reason, but I just need to get people, other people, to a place of safety where they can just grow their children and birth their children in peace. Yeah. Then I'll get to the point where we can find out what broke so many people that they could do such harm to so many families. But I just can't hear that story at the moment. Right now, we just need some more safety plans to give birth and it's not the current maternity services but it is something new yeah. and recreating that I can think more yeah yeah I personally don't even feel like I have the energy or the interest in like burning down the system for me I feel like we're building um, a life raft where it's like let's demonstrate how this can be done better compassionate care for one right. another for our clients for the families and that Look, is not going to be easy we are talking about a leviathan the, the medical military oh. industrial complex is a leviathan in and of itself. Oh. Let it do its thing. But if enough of us say thanks, but no thanks, we never would have, you know, mm. what happened with the, uh, what did you call it? The, um, not the pandemic, you called it the, uh, pandemic. The, the scamdemic. Yes, I love that. Um, that never would have happened. People really, really need nice. to start just reclaiming their power and. You, mm -hmm. Many of us, especially if you're a, a woman of color, a man of color, you've been mm -hmm. conditioned to believe you don't have any power here. But like, what, yeah. what a tricky thing yeah. there, you know, that you have so much power within and you've actually been conditioned to mm -hmm. really believe that you mm -hmm. don't have power in this world. Mm -hmm. Through the, mm -hmm. the legislation and in our, you know, our, our mm -hmm. um, you know, judicial systems and everything. Yes, women of color and men of color don't have a lot of power. But that's actually mm -hmm. not what's important right now when I'm taking no. care of you. What do you want? Like, mm -hmm. like what ownership can I, can I um, give you permission to reclaim? That is really, right. really important therapy, not just for our clients, no. but also for the birth workers. Guys, you do not have to do it like um, this. If you all just said, no. we're done, suddenly now they're no. going to want to work with you. They're going to want to negotiate some way to get this thing fixed. But as long as we continue oh, to yes. just trudge along and... Pay your taxes until you end up in a nursing home someday and, and pass away. Yeah. Um, you can do that, but not many of us are going to look back and want the legacy of saying, "Oh, I did, I did enough. 
Like let's well, let's make, push it. We've got one shot. Let's push it. Wow, that's right. I'm 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 so encouraged by hearing you say that. And fortunately, I wake up every day in power. Thankfully, um, fuck yeah, you do. But I know, you know, I know there are many that aren't there yet. Yeah, but you can get there. You can get there from a humble place. You can be a single parent. You can be having beans on toast every day for a year. It doesn't matter where you're starting from. It's your trajectory, and it's a powerful one. We all have the access to that. We can all do that. We wake every day with new possibilities. And, and you know, especially now, you know, you and I can have this conversation in the podcast. You know, there's so much that, is, that we're capable of right now. You know, people can... People can become amazing in the birth space without ever having gone to medical school or midwifery school. Of course, yeah. You can you can be an amazing birth keeper just from what you can get online. But to me, as as bad as it's got, is as good as it's getting. I I'm very excited about what what potentially is ahead for us all. Where do you I think really you're going to be in ten years? Or do you think you'll still be attending births, or do you think you're going to be moving into a different space? I've tried to come out of the birth room for about 10 years. I can't do it. We will not <laughs> so let you go. <laughs> I, I, I actually I actually think, you know, I'd probably expire with the gin in my hands in the corner of the birth room, you know, the age of 90 or something. Yeah. You'd just be like Michelle O'Donnell <laughs> yeah. just sitting there reading a paper and you just freeze in time yeah. and then you blow away as dust or something. That's right. <laughs> and then just run away. That's right. It's right. She's gone. Yeah, I'm, I I don't I don't think I can leave it. So I do spend months out of it, um, but then I always end up getting teased back in. Yeah. And when I'm too, you know, old and bad tempered to be the primary care provider, I'll just be sat in a corner waving a finger from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. So I will I will always be in the back of my lives. I know. I love that. <laughs> Well, Kemi, you are a joy. You're a joy. I want to be respectful of your time. You are Tanzania's on Malawi time, so that's like six hours ahead. Is that right? Of New York? Yeah. 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 I forgot. I don't even know what time it is. I've lost track of time. Yeah. It's 10 to 10 at night. Oh, wow. So you've got, yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. It's nine well, hours ahead. So I'll be respectful um, of your time. I hope we can stay in touch. Send me a message. And I'm going to get you one of these uteruses flipping the world off that you can, um, you can, I need, you can have it. I need the uterus with a bad attitude. I need it. Bad attitude uterus. You got it. I will send it directly from my source. I know a, I know a lady. Um, Kemi, thank you. What do you want uh, people to take away as far as, you know, if they heard something that they really loved about you? Uh, I know you're on Instagram, but maybe share whatever, you know, um, whatever you want people to know if they want to get in touch or follow your work. Yeah, um, I spend a lot of time in my Instagram DMs. <laughs> if you try to get me on Facebook Messenger, I just can't. It's, I will eventually check it about once a month. Me too. But I spend an enormous <laughs> amount of time in my Instagram DMs. Um, I don't what is it? I didn't want to fall in love with Instagram, but I have. It's just one of it's those. It's so things. much easier. Facebook so is that's so where you'll complicated. Find me. <laughs> Just complicated. Yeah, yeah. Well, Instagram, yeah, you'll find me there for as long as they'll have me there because, you know, they, they definitely tried to wipe us out off of Instagram a few times, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> Maybe sure who knows what's going to happen off this podcast. Um, so, but for now, you'll find me there. But it's easy. If you suddenly find I've been banished off of Instagram, you will find me at www.kemibirthjoyjohnson.com. 
hemibirthjoyjohnson.com. You'll find me. We'll put it all in the and, links. Um, yeah, yeah, you can talk to me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk to me there. I, I Just one, one last thing. You know, when we have treasures like Nathan and everyone else who's putting their neck on the line, um, but you don't you don't need to argue with them. If you don't like what they've said, just you, you know, you could rest it somewhere, you can unfollow, you can drop and do what you don't need to tie them up in arguments. We're just sharing what we've seen and, and what we know. Yeah. And if you don't need that information, somebody does. So just just you know, just everyone can have their opinions. Scroll on. Scroll yeah. along. Yeah. And we will we will carry on sharing our truth for those that want to hear. Yeah. Kemi, thank you. You are truly a birth thank joy. You. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. Kemi can be found at Kemi Birthjoy Johnson, K-E-M-I-B-I-R-T-H-J-O-Y-J-O-H-N-S-O-N on Instagram. We'll link her website as well in the show notes below. Thank you so much, um, Kemi, for spending some time with me today. Guys, please support our sponsors. We've got BirthFit, Organifi, Bioptimizers, Rosemary Marin at Soul Connections, and we need, we'll put all the information in the show notes, which can be found, the comprehensive show notes uh, with timestamping and everything can be found at BelovedHolistics.com slash podcast. And um, we'll also include some of the, the discounts and discount codes and things like that um, pertaining to these, to these sponsors in the podcast description. Um, I think that's it, guys. Go to BornFreeMethod.com. If anything resonates here, you're going to, we need you. We want you in our Born Free community. Um, go to bornfreemethod.com. If you want to work with me privately, it's belovedholistics.com. I am becoming very, very booked up. So there may be a waiting list. So if you need something urgently, please reach out. You can also find me on Instagram at Nathan Riley, O-B-G-Y-N. <sighs> it's going to be a good day. I'm about to go into the pain cave and get a bunch of shading done on my new chest and arm tattoo. So I am going to go meditate and get ready and dialed in there. I love you all. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Again, share these episodes with your friends. If you haven't left us a five-star review, it means more than you know to the algorithms that be, um, especially because we're talking about things like COVID and whatnot. There's not a lot of podcasts that are doing that and getting away with it. I think that two experienced clinicians should be able to talk about these things and this sort of travesty we've seen, but you never know. So share these episodes while they're still available and they're still up on the, uh, on the airwaves. Um, and we'll see you next week. I'm going to be talking to Savannah Brown, another black birth worker. Um, she is incredible. And um, yeah, man, I just love doing this show. So I'll see you next week, guys. Take care. <laughs>